from the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu. Get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry product of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry products at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233-277-250420 or plus 233-249-393361. Email us, revismila at gmail.com. Visit our website, icgcislegon.com. Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. No more challenges, no more battle, because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle. And God said, after today, you shall rest from your battle, the battle of your marriage, the battle of your business, the battle of your finances, the battle of your sickness, the battle of your shame, the battle of your disgrace, the battle of your setback, the battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said, you will rest from your battle. Ezekiel 37 from verse 9 I said the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bulls. then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold they were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live so I answered oh Lord God you know again he said to me prophesy to these bones and say to them, all dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause bread to enter into you. And you shall live. And I will put sinews in you and bring flesh upon you. Cover you with skin and put bread in you. And you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the bread. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the bread, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O bread, and breathe on this lane, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, or as he commanded me. So I prophesied, and bread came into them, and they lived. And stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, all my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves. And bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, oh my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you. And you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, I have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Amen. 
this scripture I just read re-echoes what God was able to do with the life of the children of Israel through the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel was one of the prophets which has been classified as a major prophet. Major in the sense that they were able to carry out the mandate of God which actually was towards the children of Israel in another dimension. So you see prophets like Isaiah, you see prophets like Ezekiel, you see prophets like Jeremiah, they are classified more or less as major prophets. Because in their days, the message and the agency of the message was such that God have to do a quick work in the life of people because he's taking them through what we call the restoration process. Because Israel then has gone through a lot of lifestyle whereby they have entered into mixed race in terms of idolatry and other things. So God have to raise voices in their time to speak to them in order to guide them and to direct them. In every time or dispensation or season, God will raise up voices that will come and speak to us and show us the way. And in our time, in our generation, God is raising voices that are still speaking to guide people where they are supposed to be. In fact, God will never leave any dispensation without telling them what is on his mind. When the whole world is in chaos and the whole world is in darkness and man doesn't know where to run to, God will still raise some remnants that will speak and say, that says the Lord. This is the way you should go. God will never leave us without a witness. And every time in every season, God will give us a witness. So our life is a sum total of what God can do with us. Though we might not understand what God has for us, but God knows exactly what he has for us and where he is taking us. You are a voice in your family. You are a voice in your workplace. You are a voice among your friends. You are a voice in your community. Because once upon a time, you will catch a revelation and a light as to what should be done and you stand up and begin speaking it. You can be a voice in the business arena of things that people have not thought of but you rise up and begin to bring innovation and change in it. It is critical for you to understand that God has placed eternity in the heart of men that at the appointed time he calls you to fulfill that destiny and that purpose. When the world was moving to transition from the dark ages into the industrial revolution times, into civilization and all that, God at every point will raise a man who will stand out and begin to speak. When the church entered into the dark ages, he raised a man called Luther and Luther came out and spoke and brought a change and we entered into Pentecostalism and Charismatism and today we are moving on every dispensation, God will raise somebody. In the time of slavery, he raised the Weberforce to begin to speak. In the time of colonial days, he raised the J.B. Danquest and the Dr. Krumers and all those things to begin to speak. And they brought a whole revolution that brought deliverance to Ghana. In South Africa, when it was going on, he raised the table in Bekes and the Nelson Mandela's and they were able to begin to speak and brought a change. In Nigeria, he raised up the Azikiways and all those people, the Mutales, to begin to speak, to bring a change. All over the world, God will still raise people to speak, to bring a change. You are a prophet of your time. You are a prophet of your family. You are a prophet of your generation. A prophet is not somebody in an office. A prophet is you fulfilling your assignment and call as God has called you to do. 
Someone can operate in the office of the prophet is a calling. But your prophetic mandate is that when God saves you, he puts a word in your heart. He puts a message in your heart. And that message is what you carry on with your life. And everybody that comes around you should be able to be partaker of that message. Ask somebody, what is your message of life? It is very critical that we will never live on this earth forever. But the time we have to live, we have to know that we have an assignment to fulfill. My title is prophesy. Tell the person prophesy. Tell the person prophesy. When I say prophesy, I am not saying that you should stand there and say this is what somebody is going to do or whatever. Whether predictive, whether before or after or future, it is the move of the spirit of God and prophecy is good because it is to comfort us, to edify us and to encourage us. So we need a prophecy of God in the house. We need prophets in the house. We need them to come and encourage that the message I am preaching to you is a form of prophecy because the word of God is the totality of prophecy and the prophecy, Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So out of the word of God, we have prophetic words. So the word of God itself is prophecy to us. But what do I mean by prophesy? In this context, what I mean by prophesy is to speak forth according to God ordained power and grace within you to change circumstances and situations that might not be in conformity to your wish and the desires and the plans of God for your life. God created you and I in his image. That's what the Bible says. And according to his likeness. And he breathed into us the breath of life that we may become a living soul. That's where the, the breath of life is interpreted in the Hebrew language as the Holy Spirit or the extension of God. You see, when God formed us, we were lifeless. Now, for, for us to live to fulfill the will of God, God needs to extend who he is into us. I don't know whether you are getting me. Now, it is just like you have a lifeless body and you decide to lie on the lifeless body with your mouth to the mouth, with your nose to the nose, with your eye to the eye, with your tummy to the tummy, with your feet and everything and your hands. So you lay on the person. Now, when somebody comes to stand there, he will not see the person. You have covered the person, as it were. Are you there, me? Now, when you cover the person, then you, you have the life. Then you entered into the person. So immediately you entered into the person, the person stood on his feet. Now, nobody saw you, but they are seeing the person. So, if the person is walking, the person was supposed to have been dead. Get the picture clear. So now, if the person is walking, and the person is talking to you, who is talking to you? Is it the person? Or the one who laid on him? Let's say, I laid on you, and I entered into you, and you came back to life. And so, you, are, you went here, and you were talking to my brother here. Who is speaking? Is it you or Pastor Smiler speaking? So Pastor Smiler is the one speaking. Now, this is the mystery of the creation of man. It is not we walking, it is God walking in us. So God is only using our legs to move, but he is the one in us. So when we are talking, it is not we talking, he is talking through us. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. So when we are not saved and we are not born again, 
the effect of the God nature in us does not show. So we are limited. But when we get saved, that is why we are what we call regeneration. So our spirit man becomes alive. Now it is God now that has taken over. That is why he says that greater is he that is in us than the one that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who does what? Strengthen me. And he said, little children, you have overcome the world. So in other words, what he's saying is that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he said, if any man being Christ is a new what? Creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What he's simply saying that when I receive Christ, I now take God the God nature in me. So it is not me speaking again. It is God speaking through me. It is not me walking again. It's God that walks through me to do according to his will. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Paul says that in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 go, he said, if any man is in Christ, he is not condemned because he walks not after the flesh, but after what? The spirit. Are you following me? So, when I am walking now in my salvation state, I am not walking in the flesh because by the flesh I am limited. By the flesh I am condemned. By the flesh I cannot do what I want to do. But by the spirit, I am not limited. I can do all things that I want to do. I can overcome every obstacle. I can run through my troops and leap over every wall. I can think and cause things to come to pass. I will do the impossible to become possible. I will change things that are not possible to become real. I can do things that will surprise you and you look and say, wow, who is this person? It is not about me, but it is the Christ that is in me. It is the God nature that is being manifested in the flesh so you now begin to move in certain dimension and people look at you and said no this is not a person yes it is not you because there is Christ or God in you and that is the presence of God within you we lack the understanding of this so we get ourselves limited in fulfilling what God has for us. One of the greatest things you can have in life is to know the God factor in you. So this is the picture. Now, so when God succeeded in entering into us and powering us to become, he gave us dominion. He gave us what? Authority to control and to rule. So he said to man, he said, be fruitful and multiply. It is not a negotiation. It is a command. That is who we are supposed to be. Can, can he? he said, then God bless them and God said to them, tell the person, God bless them. It is not you going to be blessed, but you are already blessed. So listen to me. <laughs> My blessing is already there. I just need to confess my blessing. Tell the person prophesy. So, in prophesying, I am not declaring my failure. I am declaring my victory. Even though my, my physical position will not look right. My physical position will not be good. My physical position will not be healthy. 
I am not limited by that. I am about it. So I need to speak forth that which I am looking for to manifest. So God comes in Genesis beginning of things and he looks at the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the surface of the earth and the Holy Spirit was with and he looked at the situation and he said, let me exhibit my God nature. And he said, let there be light and there was light. He was not negotiating. He was commanding. So God put his spirit in you to command what you don't like, to change what you don't like, to accept what you like, and to move on to the next level. I challenge you to this morning, if you can arise up and you shall speak, you shall see the manifestation. The weapon you have is your word. The words of a man is what shapes his past, his present, and his future. We are some total of the things we have said with our mouth. And we are where we are based on what we said some years back. And we can be where we want to be based on what we speak ahead of us. No man can be greater than his words. Give me John chapter 1 verse 1. Let me show you something. I'll go back again to Genesis. So you realize that when John was revealing the God nature of God. He began by saying, in the beginning was the word. So before we begin, we have to have a word. And he said, the word was with God. Talking about what? Agreement. So the word is in agreement with God. And he says that, and the word was God. So the word was in the beginning. The word was in agreement with God and that word itself is God. So in other words, you cannot separate the word from God. Which means that the words of a man is the man himself and the man is his word. So God is a word and God himself is word and God is word. That is it. And the verse number two says that He said, he was in the beginning with God. And number three says what? And all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So there is, in total, what it means is that he's talking about Jesus, but he's trying to let us understand that there is nothing that you can do about your life without your word. So James tells us that life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And whatever we say to it and we desire, we should have. We will have. And he, in the book of uh, John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said that the words that I speak to you, they are what? Spirit and they are what? Life. And I was telling the morning service, a parent gets angry and looks at a child. He said, look at you. You will not amount to anything in life. He or she said it out of anger. But she has released a word that has an effect. Without knowing. So this child grows up and his or her life is not being consistent and he doesn't know what is happening to him. And at the end of the day, he cannot even tell. It is that careless where the mother released or the careless where the father released that is today acting on the life of that child. So the Jews, they love blessing more than property. You can give them all this room. They don't like it. They want you to pronounce a blessing over their life. 
That is why Jacob took the blessing and Esau have to pursue him. Because if Jacob has run away from the house, it's simple logic. He's the first, Esau is the first one, isn't it? Isaac, the father, has a lot of properties. Eh? So if my brother has stolen my birthright, it is just a word that the father pronounced over him. You can be blessed and all those things. If it's not important, why should I go and fight over words? When there are physical things that I can assess them. The car is there, everything is there, the houses are there, the documents are there, the lands are there. And then somebody just went and they lay hands on him and pronounce him. And the person leaves and I come and they tell me that he has taken my blessing away. And yet I see the properties there. Ah! Bro, are you there? Ah! The property is there. It's a realty, so I'll go for it. But that is not it. This guy left the property and was chasing his brother for the blessing. That tells you the importance of words. So, by creation, we have dominion. We are supposed to be fruitful. We are supposed to take charge. We are supposed to do things. So, the God self is in us. Tell the person that God self is in me. Now, so, if the nature of God is in you and that makes you God, Bible says that ye are God's, but if you don't know it, you will die as mere men. Man is a dangerous creation. But the funny thing is that we don't know, and especially when you become born again, your words are dangerous. Bible says the righteous man judges all things, but he himself is not judged. And he says that you have the power to forgive or not to forgive. And to anyone you hold, it shall be held against the person. And anyone you release, it shall be released. So by the anointing, God takes Ezekiel by the spirit. And he moves him in the spirit and takes him into a valley of dry bones. Say dry bones. Say dry bones. Now, the valley and the dry bone is symbolic picture or representation of a mass grave. And every mass grave, when you are put into it, the king goes into a mass grave. The president can go there. Show me the tomb of Gaddafi. So in a mass grave situation, there is no child, there is no male, there is no female, there is no king, there is no queen, there is no title, there is no position. Everybody is the same in the mass grave. And bones are symbolic representation of an evidence of life that has ceased to live. It can be that of animal or human beings. Anytime you find a bone, it should remind you that a life once existed and the life is no more. And to worsen the situation, it says the bones are not only there, but the bones were many and they were also dry. Which means that the bones have reached the stage where it has become a fossil. In other words, when you hold the bone and you touch it, it is so malleable that it will break into your hands like powder. Hello, am I talking to somebody here? Now, when the bones is even fresh, you will say it has soap. But here, the bone is so dry that it has turned into a powder. You can see holes into it. And when you touch it or you squeeze it, it will break into pieces. You can't put it together. And that is the condition of the open valley. However, behind the bones is supposed to be a mighty army of the Lord. 
That's what the scripture told us when we finished reading, isn't it? Now, supposing you are the one that stood by the valley and you saw these many bones in the valley and very dry as it may be. And you know, these are skeletal bones of human beings. But there are so many and you cannot even identify because identity is not there. How can you tell that this is the bone of Ken? This is the bone of Reverend Smiler. This is the bone of Pius. This is the bone of this person. You can't differentiate because the whole thing is mixed up. Bones of children, bones of adults. If you are sending that to separate, can you do it? I'm painting a picture. So what it simply means that the whole situation is chaotic. There is nothing that can change the situation. It's a foregone conclusion and nothing can happen. In life, you can get to a point in your life where everything around you is a valley. And in the valley, what you can even call a hope is a dry bone. And you can assess the situation and you will know that even if you should do something about the situation, it is too late. That when you even take it in your hands, you cannot solve the problem again. All that you can say to yourself is that it is over with me and you will throw in the towel. But do you know that God is never surprised by the challenges we come to encounter in life. Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yawetempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am on Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. And my Lord with you.